Adams. Here. Adam Lee. Here. Adamowski. Adamson. Here. Adler. Here. Anderson. Anderson. Here. Bueller. 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 Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Thank you, Simone. No problem whatsoever. I'm Bob Kelly. I'm Tom Petra. And you're listening to us on Mint Talks. Yeah, Tom Petra is really a weasel. Oh, I mean, uh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Which part exactly? <laughs> sorry, you lost me on that. Mike Chuck on the one, two, three. The hip, the hop, the hippy, hippity hop. Usually we're drinking scotch or beer, but I'm not quite sure what you guys both do. That's <laughs> well, the Mountain Dew will keep me buzzing for a little while, that's for sure. Yeah, I usually start with, what are you drinking today? So, yeah. Tom, what are you drinking? <laughs> Just water and uh, my tears. <laughs> Figures. I thought all you educational guys smash beer and whiskey right after class is done. What's going on? Uh, well, that may have been a... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say there are some that probably do that, but... Uh, that's, now, what, that's what old Jenkins used to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jenkins, the guy who hired well, I'm me. Still grading. When I, when I'm, I'm still grading. When I'm done grading, that's when I start oh, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, your students, depending on your mood, might, might prefer you to be drinking <laughs> when you're grading. <laughs> well, for the benefit of our listeners who may not know who you are and where you're from and your expertise and why I've invited you, let's just get you guys to introduce your background real quick, and then we'll get the show on the road. Bob, you're first. Hi, I'm Bob Kelly, and uh, I'm the assistant head of school at St. John's School. I've been there for 25, 26 years. Prior to that, I taught at Notre Dame High School for one year, and then New Hampshire, and uh, I'm a product of a stuffy Ivy League undergraduate and grad school program, University of Pennsylvania, and uh, so I've been out here for quite some time. Tom? I'm the technology director at St. John's School. I've been there for about 25 years. I've taught in the classroom for most of that, and then I'm... uh, switched into technology. All righty. Welcome to the show, man. I've pretty much known you guys, I want to say, I used to say maybe a couple of years, but if I really have to think about it, it's like 25 years or something. I, it is funny how that happens, right? I remember being, yeah. being up in front of class one time and I say, well, you know, this happened about five years ago and then it's, I mean, ten, no, 15 yeah. years ago it happened. And uh, That's right. And usually like for you guys, because you've been teaching so long and, and been involved in the school so long, it's usually like uh, former students of yours. Yes. <laughs> and I, uh, lucky for you, I, I was never your student. I was. I just missed. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of a contemporary, uh, if you will, a young, young substitute teacher for summer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's good to see you guys, and uh, I'm glad you took me up on the invite uh, to talk about education because, you know, there's a lot of. Um, Unknowns, you know, uh, sure. I think distance learning or however you want to term it, um, mm-hmm. I call it frustration learning. Uh, <laughs> it, you probably call it frustration teaching. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's come a long way. Yeah. And I know a lot of uh, countries uh, have experimented with it, uh, but it's not just at the schools. You know, it's in business, too. They've been sure. trying to do virtual offices for forever right. uh, since I was in college. And for some reason... You know, there's a difference between collaborating and working together, like yeah. peer-to-peer. Mm-hmm. But teaching, I've always felt that that's a hands-on thing, and now we're being told hands-off. Well, it's, uh, you know, and, and Tom will speak to this in a little bit, too, but the uh, it's 
There is a philosophical standpoint of each school. And quite frankly, St. John's, we are kind of really about the classroom. What happens in the classroom is, is what makes us different, I think, than most other schools. And so we're uh, so that so we are missing that. I mean, that's one thing that in distance learning we can't really substitute. Uh, that that we do miss. You know, the kid uh, who didn't turn his homework in last night. You know, and if you're in the classroom live, you just bunt, just uh, you know tap him on the shoulder and say, "Hey, by the way, I missed your homework last night." And then the kid who's a little bit down, depressed, you, you hold him after class. You say, hey, Joey, you okay? What's going on? But distance learning is, is kind of a different environment for that. And so we, we do miss some of that. But, uh, you know, here we are. We're making the best of it. And thanks to Tom's help, um, you know, we've, the school has really been able to transition very well into an online learning um, element. Um, there are, of course, and there have been for um, five, six, eight years now, many completely online schools. Um, there's a couple, there's all over the states, all over everywhere. It's, it's, uh, there are, that's what they do. They are just online schools. And that's different than what we do. It's different than what distance learning for the public schools are. They have a different model. And it's not so much about that personal interaction with the teacher and the other fellow classmates. It's more about kind of an individualized approach of how can I get this education going. Well, I, I would add on to what you're saying that, you know, as a teacher, what I really miss is just there's, you don't really realize how much of the nonverbal uh, cues go into being a teacher and how much just body language or just reading your students' eyes or if, you know, if they're glazed over, if they're, if they're paying attention or, you know, I, I, just to be able to walk around the room, you know, and uh, look over a student's shoulder at what they're doing give them a tap on the, on the shoulder or, or um, you know, just following up with people in ways other than just talking to your computer screen. It's, it's different. It's, it's very different. The other element to that is one thing that you were kind of hitting on, and we'll get into this later on, is one thing I've been looking at for a number of years is trying to have our school be connected with other schools around the world so that there are things that we could do, and we do have one that's coming up, research projects with schools in other places, you know, our language programs, we can, we teach uh, Japanese, uh, Mandarin, Spanish, and French, we could find schools. We live in an odd time zone, so that kind of hurts us in that way, but, you know, we, but using the internet, using computers, using uh, this type of technology that exists now, that would be a cool way that we could really expand kind of our program. You know, when, when this thing happened, it was like, okay, we're gonna do online, online classes. I'm like, what the hell does that mean, right? Because it wasn't that great when it was offline. It was like, and I was like, okay, they're barely like getting through to the kids. Mm -hmm. um, so how are they going to do this um, online? And as you guys know, you, you both, you're in the educational business. There's just going to be certain students that need that extra helping hand, you know? Yeah. And it's so difficult to do that. You can't, like, use the poke button on, <laughs> you know, and say, hey, you know, wake up. Uh, and the other thing I've, I've noticed about online is that the older kids, I want to say maybe seventh grade and up, they they actually, th I think they like it. They thrive on it. They like the independence. You know, they, they don't, they like the fact that um, this is, you know, this is within their control. What I'm finding is the younger ones, maybe 10 years, third, fourth grade down, especially my first grader, yeah. it's tough, man. I mean, it's super tough to, and it's not that they're not attentive to the screen. They're totally in, in tune to what the teacher's saying, but they need the teacher to be right behind their shoulders and correcting, you know, the penmanship. Sure. Uh, those little touches that you just don't get um, uh, from online. You know, and uh, what you're talking about is interesting because, you know, um, Tom's uh, younger daughter is the same age as my son, um, and they're both in 10th grade right now. He's got an older daughter as well, so that we don't see a whole, and I, and I work mostly with 6th grade and above, so we don't see a whole lot of what you're talking about from, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, obviously, teachers come and talk to us all the times about these things, but there's, you know, until you're actually behind the kid at the computer screen scratching his head, it's it's tough to see. And, yeah, the other element that you look at is how much screen time can we really have a first grader do and be effective? You know, the, uh, I mean, you can make the kids sit there for eight hours in front of the screen, but how much of that time is really going to be effective? Yeah, for, for us, we have uh, G Suite for Education, 
which, which used to be called Google Apps for Education. And at, at St. John's, and it starts, they get the accounts in third grade. And so from third grade and up, for distance learning, they got a good shot at it because they're already in, they're already in the uh, matrix, so to speak, right? But you know, when when I when I like really like dawned on me that this was going to happen this this way, the distance learning, my what I was thinking was what's going to happen for pre-K through grade two. So those primary grades that don't don't have that digital the digital tools. They don't have the accounts. They don't have like, what are those teachers going to do? They have a very hard time pulling this off. So hats off to any primary teachers that are listening. I think also that one thing that a lot of times parents don't necessarily feel at home is how challenging it is for teachers as well. Right. Um, teachers have to have suddenly created a whole new set of skills that they didn't have before. And now they're trying to figure out what the best way to deliver that penmanship lesson, for, for example. Um, and, you know, I, I, I see my wife teaching the Japanese to the uh, third grade kids and, and teaching the, the hiragana to the sixth graders. And try, again, the same type of thing is trying to grade how well their, their handwriting is in an online world. With, that you're absolutely right that if you're in the classroom, you walk over, you look over their shoulders, say, no, you need more of a curl on that or, you know, whatever it is you right. do. Um, <clears throat> so that, that's really a, a, a frustrating angle. I think that one of the things that uh, we need to look at really is uh, this, I think, is a great time for us, and Tom and I have been trying to do this as well in our school, is to, to really look at what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And is there some way that we can do it differently right. and better? You know, when, uh, you know, when a typhoon blows down your house, do you just rebuild the house the exact same way, or do you try to make it a little bit better? Right. And so this type of, same type of thing that we're looking at. Um, one of uh, my friends was asking me, he said, well, how do you do tests mm -hmm. in this? And, and, you know, every test has to be an open book test now. And if you, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. you just got to assume it's going to be an open Basically, book Basically, we're doing <laughs> what I used to do, <laughs> yes. but hiding. The doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mrs. Ducker, if you're listening, <laughs> you know this is true. Yeah. Okay. The, um, but, yeah, the, uh, when you start looking at, uh, at, at what that implies then, then, you know, I, I hate to say that you look at the way you test and that kind of dictates uh, what you teach, but, but really the testing, I mean, the, the assessment becomes kind of key. And so if you're assessing in a different way, you should probably be teaching in a little bit of a different way as well. And Tom has been talking to me about this for 10 years. Right. Uh, every time I get a free moment, he'll be in my office telling me about these things. Well, and before Tom gets in on this, because I think IT gets into a, a big part of this, but I think what you're saying, Bob, you know, if I can just like summarize it, is it used to be, and, it's, and this is probably half the problem, mm. It used to be a teaching method through repetition and memorization. Now, it's got to be different because there's nothing, you know, you're not testing their recall. You're right. testing their ability to absorb. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, and that's a little bit different. And and in, when it's, you know, because I'm a kind of an IT geek myself mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm looking at the Khan Academy stuff that's out there mm -hmm. and trying to get my, uh, especially the younger ones. Yeah. You know, those are repetition, and you, you can, you know, tons and tons of money have gone into the, uh, the making of these things. Mm -hmm. And here we are in Guam. We're being asked to create it on the fly, right? And it, like, as you said earlier, yeah, online classes have been around in the university level for a long mm -hmm. time. I know a bunch of people who got degrees at Phoenix uh, sure. University Online. But the difference is... That's their model, right? Right. That's all they do. <laughs> so they're going to be pretty good at it. And teachers, uh, you know, have have had to reinvent how they do things. And it's 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 not so much a a, a task list that because every teacher has a different style. Sure. And if their style doesn't match this sort of hands off approach, uh, I think they struggle. And I can tell because the ones that are struggling, at least the teachers that mm -hmm. are teaching my kids. I can tell which ones are very comfortable doing lectures online and yeah. trying to get the kids to absorb what she's talking about or what he's talking about mm -hmm. versus the ones that aren't because the ones that aren't are pushing a lot of worksheets. <gasps> Lots of them. Lots. 
I've got How, a, how's your printer? I've, <laughs> I, I've, yeah, I'm printing like 500 sheets a week. That's crazy. It is crazy. Tom, uh, talk a little bit about uh, about some of that. Share share with me your insights on how teachers can improve that sort of you know doing different things differently rather than doing it differently but the same because I think that's been sort of the struggle for a lot of the traditional teachers they they're still doing the same uh, and they think they're doing it differently because they're online and so forth but they're really doing it the same way sure um, you know Bob's heard me say a lot to everyone that it's different going online is different than in the classroom and a lot of it is just you're going from a paper you know medium of paper writing on paper, reading paper, and then you're, then you're going into a digital landscape and it just, it just does, it's not the same. It doesn't translate that way. And, and part of it is what you've, you know, been um, uh, talking about is that if you're just doing low recall, just fact, fact-based kind of content, what's on the internet? We know it all, it's all there, it's on the internet. You can, you can find it on your phone in just a second, you can find answers. The kids are very good at it locating information like that and that's that's a good skill that they have is a 21st century skill so the thing that well they don't even so have to look it up anymore that, tom they just say hey alexa or hey siri right i mean sure <laughs> right and and so you know how does that it totally changes what what we should be teaching or how we teach and some teachers are more in tune with that than others i would say but you know, uh, for me, I, I'll talk about skills a lot. The, uh, you know, I, when I was uh, in New Hampshire before I moved out to Guam all those years ago, I taught world geography. Okay. So world geography, if I'm starting a unit on North Africa, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give them out a map, a blank map, and I'm going to then, like, like we all did, and, you know, find this capital, find that capital, find this mountain range, find the, you know, find the stuff on that. And then, and so now you got to start looking at that and, you know, well, why? I mean, what's the whole purpose for all of that? And while it's important that we know the, where Algiers is and uh, what the capital of Algiers is, you know, one of my party tricks is I can uh, tell you the capital of any country in the world as a result of having taught world geography for a number of years. You know, but really as— Yeah, you're real fun at parties, Bob. <laughs> well, I was going to say, as, uh, you know, beyond help me pick up chicks at parties, uh, <laughs> you know, that's not really a, a very good skill. Um, it doesn't translate well. Um, but so, you know, again, that type of recall that Tom was talking about is not the things that you want to do anymore. It's now more like skills. So now if I'm given a, a map of North Africa, I'm going to say, all right, so find three important geographical features and explain to me why they're important. And then, you know, you translate that out to a test, you know, and, and then so one of the things I would do on, on the test of the unit when I finished it, I would say, OK, you know, find uh, find uh, the capital of Morocco, find the capital of Mali. And but now, you know, you could do something different. You could say, OK, listen, if you're at this latitude, longitude location and you want to get to this latitude, longitude location, then what are four things that you're going to encounter four problems that you may encounter? And so that's going to be one of those things. That, now, the, the problem as a teacher is that's harder to grade than Molly. You right. know. <laughs> yeah, you can't Google what are the four things to encounter. Right? Yeah, so, um, and so that's the yeah. thing. And it's about skills. And so Tom was talking about you know uh, skills rather than actual information. And that's, again, it's a lot of people say, well, why are we changing? But Tom points out it's a 21st century skill. I don't need to know what the capital of Algeria is. Because, as you pointed out, Siri can tell me. That's right. Uh, but what I do need to know is, you know, what are some of the cultural elements that exist in North Africa and some of the ways that the physical environment has, you know, helped or hurt are those elements. Those are the things that are more interesting to test. So, so I would add, it's, it's, the, it's not what you know, it's what you do with what you know. What do you do with it? And so if 21st century skills are more about applying, applying knowledge, applying, uh, applying with other people, collaborating, uh, doing something new with it, reshaping the knowledge, maybe uh, re, re uh, envisioning uh, a new vision for it, reshaping it, building upon it. It's not, a, it's not just a static thing anymore. And then before that, it was always that in the 20th century it was like you know know your capitals or know your arithmetic skill uh, fact basic facts and you know know these things the science tests or you know you can think of the true false 
the bubble test kind of things. That's just testing content knowledge. And content knowledge is, is, is on my phone right now. It's everywhere. It's so easy. But, but what distinguishes one person from another in the 21st century landscape is what can you do with that? And so your your um, Steve Jobs, your you know those kind of like people are really good at that. It's like building something out of what they knew. Well, like uh, you know, I'll, I'll listen to Elon Musk from time to time. Uh, you know, I've got a little bit of investment in Tesla, <laughs> and I like to hear what he's saying sometimes. Sure. And uh, but he, you know, he was uh, noted to say, "Hey, look, AI is already here. We just we just interface uh, differently than what science fiction imagined it. You know, yeah. we're, we're we're typing what we need to know." But eventually, that'll get to just thought because we're already speaking to our devices now yeah. and asking them questions. And you're right, Tom, because it's, you know, you, it, to the point where, like, do you really know, need to know how to add? You know, because there's a calculator online that, uh, that tells you that. Now, you know, granted, if there is no Internet connection, <laughs> you know, there's no electricity. Yeah, you still need to know the, the basics. But... What he was getting more to the point was, is that just like you, what, what Tom said, you know, it's what you do mm-hmm. with the information. Yeah. That's what's more important now, because uh, before then, you you had to you had to arrive at the uh, information on your own. Sure. Now you don't. Now it's hand hand delivered to you. Now what do you do with that information, and and evolve it forward? And so that's, I mean, that's why he's being able to go to the space much faster. And, and much more efficiently than NASA ever dreamed yeah. because he's learned from all of what NASA's already done. Right. Right. And then, of course, you have to worry about the, then the other things you do have to worry about now is uh, have the Russians tampered with that information That's now. right. That's right. <laughs> the, uh, but, uh, the yeah, I mean, all of that, it's, it, it, we're all talking the same language here. And, uh, again, if you start thinking about um, – one of the things I would teach when, when I was teaching economics uh, about uh, structural unemployment and how unemployment has changed, um, I used to talk about elevator operators. Right. And, you know, un- unless you're at Takashimaya in, in Japan or some equally she-she uh, place in, in Korea, you don't have an elevator operator. You walk in, you press the button, that job is gone. It's just not here anymore. The uh, most amazing woman I met with an f- outstanding skill was a woman named Daisy who worked for my father's law firm. And so, um, you know, I, I have five siblings, right? Okay. And so I would call up, and she would say, Berks and Brooklyn, Margolis and Adler. And I'd say, oh, hi, is, can I speak to my dad, please? And she, oh, sure, Bob, no problem. Um, but if I got off the elevator, right. of course, in the summertime, <clears throat> I'm dressed very well, I'm sure. She would give me a very disdainful look, all of us, can I help you? Until she heard our voice. She was the most amazing receptionist because she recognized everybody's voice initially, and she had she could pull those wires and plug them in, and 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 that job ain't there anymore. No, no, that job, you know, and and uh, I remember a couple of guys I I knew in school who were working on the um, computer app. Now we would call it program that answers phones, and and now that job's just not there. And so we have to start looking about. Okay, I can't prepare you to be a whatever job anymore because that job might not be there. I was reading an article about um, when the computer beat Bobby Fisher in right. chess, a big game. blue. And, uh, and that was one of those moments where, as you say, AI is already here. Once that, com- that computer beat Bobby Fisher in chess, that kind of ushered in this whole new way of thinking that, again, a lot of people and teachers and schools are a little bit lagging on trying to implement right. and say, okay, if AI is here, how does that impl- Im- impact where the country is going? Now, you guys are uh, obviously St. John's mm-hmm. School, a private school, yeah. uh, a very good one at that. Uh, I am a byproduct of that. <laughs> um, but then there's also, I'm also a byproduct of DOE. I, I graduated in JFK. St. Mm-hmm. John's didn't have a high school that I can graduate from. Sure. So it was either FD or JFK, and <laughs> only one of them had the equation of girls in it, so <laughs> it was a natural selection for me. Sure. How, how are your contemporaries doing there with this transition to online? And, you know, I th- and the, point, the reason I'm asking is, mm. and, and maybe you'll answer uh, uh, the larger question, are teachers of both private and public collaborating now? Like, are they openly reaching out to each other and saying, hey, this worked for us, maybe it'll work for you? Or is there just this sort of divide that still exists even in this COVID period where you're like, 
we got our lane, you got your lane, you know, do your thing, we'll do our thing. I mean, how, how is that? Because I think that if, if everyone would actually collectively share what's been working and what's not, I think like, we get there a little bit faster. And it's a, that's the irony, you know? We just talked about how information is hand-delivered to you now, mm-hmm. but I don't think in the educational uh, you know, system, it, meaning the, the, the people behind the scenes, they're not taking advantage of that instant information because they are sort of proprietary to what they're doing. <laughs> so it's um, so a, a couple of answers to you. The, the shorter answer to your question is I don't actually know of any place where the teachers are talking. Yeah. Um, I do know that uh, Facebook is probably the answer. Mm-hmm. I'm part of three separate discussion groups on Facebook that are all focused on school issues. Right. One of them is college admissions counselors, and two of them are about administration. And so in that grouping, I, ha- I have public and private administrators from really around the world, right. uh, same with the college a- uh, advisors. Um, I will also tell you that I think it might have been the first time it happened, but this summer, um, the uh, St. John's uh, and, the, uh, and Harvest and the Catholic schools uh, superintendent, we met a couple of times okay. because we were all trying to figure out how are we going to do this when it comes back. Well, I have, I have a good friend who's a DOE teacher that I, I uh, talk to a lot. And then uh, she'll tell me that she passed it on to all these other teachers. They're all kind of, they are hungry for some help on, on certain, uh, certain things. It's, they, have a, they have a different job. They have a hard job to do. Uh, you know, it's different than what we have. And, and, that's, and that's one thing to bear in mind is that, you know, we didn't have to change the number of students in our classes mm. because we only had 15 kids in a class average. You know, there are a couple right. little adjustments here and there. But, you know, you look at some of the other schools and that's, they've got double that in their classrooms, and so that creates problems. Right. Of course, DOE's got the further problem of um, a p- large portion of their class, of their student body, does not have um, uh, computer access. They don't have computers. They don't, some of them don't have electricity. Right. Um, and so trying to find a way to deliver uh, education to those kids uh, is very difficult because there are certain federal restrictions that, that, that you must be able to guarantee that there is equality across. And so that it makes it difficult for me to provide education for this percentage of kids who have electricity and computers and not for these kids. Well, yeah, I think you hit a point there that, that not a lot of people think about especially uh, politicians, I want to say. Because, you know, one of, the, one of the push, whether you like, you know, Trump or not, <laughs> right, I think he's correct. We, we got to get the kids back in school. Mm-hmm. And how we do that and how that gets done got to be carefully considered. But the longer we don't have them in school, it just further degrades their progress. And here's why. Uh, you know, I'm not... You know, I'm not uh, wealthy enough to retire. I got to work myself, and I got to uh, pay for the bills just like anybody else. And our kids, um, maybe they shared a computer. Maybe I had two computers, you know. But I, you know, I have old computers, and so they can use that. And life was okay because kids could share computers. Okay, from five to seven, they get, you know, they need to do something on Microsoft Word. They do that, and then older sister does it a little bit later at night because mm-hmm. the younger kids go to bed by then. Yeah. Now, they all need it at the same time, Yeah. right? That's correct. So this is where IT fails, I think, you know, in what, what uh, would seem like the most simplest thing, which is to start on time at the same time, which makes it exponentially more difficult because equipment, and then you're doing video, so broadband speeds are a matter, right? Yep. Audio equipment, uh, like headphones, uh, because it improves the uh, the quality of the broadcast. Uh, Tom, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what, where you see these IT challenges moving forward, for especially for uh, more economically challenged uh, families. You know, I, so step outside of St. John's, a private school where tuition is high, and and I hate to stereotype the parents there because I know some parents do struggle there. They they get mm-hmm. the financial aid and, and they they're putting their kids through school through that. But in general, you know, they're going to be able to find a computer. They're going to be able to afford the internet, and they do have electricity. But how do you? How does IT somehow still get integrated into the students who don't have that means? And what are the solutions moving forward? You think? Hmm. Well, 
uh, you know, it'd be nice if we if we could rewind five or ten years because you know it's just it's a it's not just a problem for the schools. It's it's more of a societal thing. Uh, Korea, South Korea, is like much better internet than most places in the United States. You know, to have a uh, a free free broadband broadband 5G networks that everyone has access to uh, the you know, the public schools. There's been a lot of federal money coming through, but I don't think there's any like one-to-one um, -one deployment of, of the devices for students, you know, one-to-one uh, -one iPads or, or laptops or anything like that. Um, and, you know, who, who knew a pandemic was coming, but this is the time where we, we needed like all the kids to have, we needed, we needed all the kids to have a, a computer device and internet and and then there would be a totally different situation right so it's it's uh difficult very difficult for them and it's and it's, it's not the you know it hasn't been the easiest for us either but uh there are some ways uh, you can do some hybrid kind of solutions uh i th and i think that they're doing that now is where they have some things that are, uh the students will come to school for for classes when they, when the uh you know restrictions allow it uh, some students may choose to, to do it online. There are some schools, I think, in the states they'll have they'll set up like a, a, a Wi-Fi hotspot in their parking lot, and the parents basically will drive to the school and, and the parking lot, sit in the car, and the kid will do their, you know, they'll use the internet in the car in the parking lot. So they have kind of like drive-in drive-in school. Um, and I've also heard, you know, there's other people that say, like, why not just take, why not just uh, take the year off? Let the kids, you know, if it's, this is all like stressful and hard for everyone, take the year off, let them, let them learn on their own. Uh, you know, you, you know, part of this is, there's a lot on the parents. We haven't talked about the parents much, have we? The, you know, the, the, the parents, there's so much on the, you know, of course the parents, any parent listening is like, of course there's a lot on me right now. There's the parents are taking all of this and doing their best with what the educators are, are trying to you know, really tra push over onto them. The, the parents are the classroom management. Now they're the, they're the ones that are controlling uh, the, whether the student's sitting up in the chair or gets up on time. Uh, we, can't, we can't reach over and, and you know, and tap somebody and say, you know, where, where's your missing homework? And, you know, that's more on the, the parents now have a lot in this equation. So, um, yeah, it's just not easy. It's not easy. Everyone's got to be flexible and um, patient with each other. <laughs> the, I don't know if you guys saw the picture, which I'm sure you probably did, of those kids doing their homework in Taco Bell's parking lot in Las Vegas. No, uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a viral thing out there. It's a, two kids doing their – they're sitting in – Taco Bell's parking lot in Las Vegas because they didn't right. have Wi-Fi at home, and uh, so they had a computer and they went over and uh, I think they may be using the phones too. I'm not sure. So they went into Taco Bell's parking lot to do their homework, and uh, there's a picture of the manager talking. I hope they brought him inside and gave him a taco, but uh, the um, but, but not a Mexican pizza. No, no not anymore. Oh my God, they're getting rid of that. I can't believe God that. I <laughs> tell you, it's one of them. It's one of my go-to's. 2020 sucks. <laughs> Man, that's just another thing. The um, but uh, uh, Tom hit on did hit on one thing that uh, the federal programs folks over at DOE they're 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 working hard and they've they've had some great ideas about things that they wanted to do, right. um, and one of the things that they are trying to, they're trying to divert a bunch of money into getting a lot more computers, and so we might be able to get to the point where we can. Issue I heard like what eight. 80,000 or what was that? Some oh, crazy number. Yeah, some huge amount. Of, I don't yeah. even know what the number is anymore. But the, uh, the yeah, every, I, so one of the things that DOE, that they did, again, which are good ideas, they were good things that they did, is uh, the fourth quarter money that they were going to spend, they switched to u using, um, uh, focusing on, on distance learning. Um, and then, so that I'm actually kind of working with three budgets simultaneously from the, from DOE, so I, I get confused as to which one goes to where. Right. But uh, but one of the things that they are focused on is trying to figure out what they can do about getting everybody uh, computers. And so one at one point they were talking about putting um, 
Wi-Fi in the uh, in the mayor's offices. Okay. Um, and so then the kids would be able to come there and 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 utilize the Wi-Fi there. Um, and so they're, now I think they're back to the, uh, as Tom was talking about, the parking lot elements or the Wi-Fis will be at school and they'll mm-hmm. find some ways to get this. So they keep kind of changing. On, they're trying to figure out the best way to do it. They have been able to throw a lot of money at, uh, at this problem and trying to get it. So I'm not sure where, where they stand on that yet. We haven't, we haven't gotten our computers yet that we switched for, Tom. I don't think so yet. Not, we haven't gotten any new computers yet, have we? <laughs> I don't not that I know of, no. Yeah, so they, so I mean they're 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 coming in, you know. They're coming. They're on the way, but yeah. again, a little bit too late. Well, here's a couple of things that that crossed my mind with uh it's great that they're going to get the computer yeah. somehow or another when, I don't know. Yeah, so, that's always the question, right? I mean, if that's the point, you you almost want to go with what Tom is saying like mm-hmm. why don't why don't especially DOE mm-hmm. just just suspend the school year till those computers are able to be distributed because it seems like a lot of busy work. Yeah. to try to get people to feel like it's normal. Mm. But the thing is, this isn't normal. You it's know? not. <laughs> this is why I hate that phrase. This is the new norm. Yeah. No, this is not the new norm. <laughs> this is not normal. And that's why we have to keep saying to each other because yeah. this is not normal and it shouldn't be normal. Uh, can you imagine if unemployment wasn't there and it's like the silver lining? That Weesh. You couldn't do this virtual teaching right. because there would be no parents at home <laughs> to mm. watch the kids do them. So it's uh, it's almost like, Okay, we need unemployment for distance learning right. to be able to be executed because where are the kids going to sit at home and who's going to be supervising them? Yeah, so it, we had a, it we, won't happen. Yeah, we had a kid uh, in fourth quarter. We had a kid who's uh, and you know his both of his parents were working and he was yeah. this kid's in sixth grade, but he's got a second grade sister. Yeah. And so he's, you know, he's the one who's kind of looking after the you know, he, poor sixth grade kid, yeah. right? He's, his grades are kind of falling apart a little bit, but yeah. trying to give an idea of both ways. But uh, yeah, I feel sorry for 12 year old, 13 year old. They're growing up a lot faster than they're supposed to be. <laughs> oh, they are. They're like, okay, you're now the parent while I have to go to work, yeah. you know, and, and mommy and daddy need this work because shit ain't out there. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it, it, you know, again, they, you know, the, the one thing that I do like to point out uh, oftentimes is, you know, you and we will all meet people throughout our lives who have an excuse for non-performance on everything. Right. Oh, uh, I live on Guam, but it was kind of hot yesterday, so I didn't get to. You know, there's, yeah. there's, and, and so I, I, I like the fact that uh, that you know our teachers and our students didn't do that fourth quarter. Mm. They could have kind of thrown in the towel early, but but they didn't. Right. And so one of the elements of of postponing the school year <laughs> that I don't like is it doesn't give those kids, like those kids in, in Taco Bell in Las Vegas, they had a problem, they found a solution. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Taco Bell was happy, but, but, um, yeah. but they, they, they found a solution to make it work. And so those kids, I mean, that's, that's something you like to see. Right. Um, it's tough to say, hey, just, hey, go, I don't know, you figure it out. But it is interesting to see those kids who will figure it out. Well, you know, you know, I've got, like I said earlier, I have a six-year-old, I've got a 10-year-old, and I've got a 13-year-old. Yeah. And so that's like, I've got a great case study for you. Boy, you, you do. <laughs> you know, if you, uh, I'll be over with yeah, a pad yeah, and paper. Yeah. And it's it's Tom, or you need to like get, uh, like, okay, hey, try this with your kids, see what they do. <laughs> oh, yeah, they told you to fuck off. <laughs> so, but you know, one thing, I, I universally see them really learning well. And maybe this is going to be part of the future solution, because mm-hmm. I feel... Like you, uh, I like I like people, tr- you know, failing. If you're not failing, you're not trying, right? Right. But, but also, you know, every solution creates new problems. Mm-hmm. And so you, ha- it's this constant, you know, chugging and churning of solutions and problems that move you forward. Mm-hmm. So you can't postpone things, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but here's the thing. Like, I'm watching these kids. They, they, they do their online classes. They do their, you know, work assignments. But, you know, they're done. You know, they're not... School isn't any more eight to three. You know, they're done in half an hour, maybe an hour. Yeah. And I know the teachers are taking it a little bit easy mm-hmm. uh, because they don't want to assign too many things because right. that means the parents have to look at it, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, just snowballs. Yeah. So what do they do to fill time? Well, you know, I, I'm working. I can't always entertain them. So I see them, like, watching uh, – you know, how to cheat on this game, Fortnite, yes. or this. <laughs> and the way that these videos on YouTube are created, it's, you know, it may be video games, but they're teaching something. And the kids yeah. just are glued to this stuff. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, man, maybe that's how classes have to be created. They, they are not necessarily done live. Mm. 
uh, certainly maybe the big, you know, at the start of the morning, hi, good morning class, you know, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, mm-hmm. and if I'm, you know, teacher Joe, teacher Joe put together this, you know, 20 minute YouTube video on how to do calculus, you know, and, and, and maybe that's part of it because I think that then takes care of what Tom was saying earlier. It's not about getting information. It's about absorbing it and knowing what to do with it. And so, you know, video series can be put in the can, you know, and and kids don't suffer if they miss that class because there, there's no replicating an online class later. And, sure. and you, you know, I guess they can watch the uh, archived Zoom right. class, but that's no fun. That's <laughs> you know, that's like snooze. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I got a feeling that schools, if this is going to be continuing, uh, this can't be the new normal. It's not normal. So to make it normal, we have to reinvent school. We have to invent the way classes are taught. And it's not so much in equipment. It's not so much in less homework. It's about the. It's about looking at the uh, the canvas and saying, you know what? What works? What other things work? And what are educational but not traditional schooling? Sure. Teaching, you know, kids are glued to these video game tutorials. Why? Because there's a means to an end. Right. They, they get better at something. and But they're learning. They're learning. And these are not, I'm not talking like Street Fighter cheat codes. I'm talking like Minecraft and some mm-hmm. more, a little bit more difficult things. And they're absorbing it quickly. And they are able to recite it. But mo- more, most importantly, they're learning. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that could be done at the local level. You know, it doesn't have to be as polished. Mm-hmm. But some of these things, if you actually watch them, they're not that polished. They, they've got like a, you know, they've got two guys playing the game yeah. and they're just narrating over it. Yeah. And it could be as simple as that. So, Tom, maybe you could say something about how some of those kind of new wave, new era teaching styles, you know, how, how that's going to be um, possible or maybe, you know, maybe getting more video cameras to teachers so that they can pre-record segments of their class and do more YouTube channels rather than you know, traditional school. Sure. You know, there's a term called digital literacy, which, which, uh, you know, it's like, it's a new literacy, uh, for, for people like us. We, we've, we saw when the computers came along, we remember Ms. Pac-Man and we remember, you know, when, when things changed to, uh, video games at home, like, Oh my God, I don't need a quarter anymore. So, but these I think, well, kids we have, they grew up with, they grew up with all this. It's just different. And, and um, so the literacy of learning, of, of knowing what to do, learning how to create things, learning how to use things on the internet, they're, they're at a different level than us. And, and that, that's, frankly, that's like one of the assignments I would give the students would be to make a video, like, like what you're talking about, like to create, make your own video, teaching somebody something. You know, those are those are things that they they definitely can do so you have like synchronous and asynchronous learning you know whether whether we're in class we're in we use google meet or a zoom meeting or something and you're you're doing your instruction at the same time and then you can have some asynchronous things where outside of class go into this uh, watch this video maybe or go into this online resource or just go and do this science experiment in your in your kitchen with a fire extinguisher nearby, or you know have them have projects and things for them to do. There's 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 lots of possibilities. Yeah, I think projects and maybe even turning the page and saying, okay, I'm you know, Sensei is going to give you all what you need in terms of information. Now, I want you to teach me what you know. And that may be far more instructive for the kids because then they'll research. They'll do the Google research. They'll do other things to to prepare their presentation. And then maybe critiquing that afterwards, saying, okay, that was a great presentation, but here's some things you, you didn't apply correctly or here's some things you did. You know, I'd rather see that in during this period than tests or yeah. pop quizzes or reading instructions because, quite frankly, you can't monitor them. You're expecting the parents to monitor them. It's 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 near impossible. If you have more than one child in the household, mm-hmm. forget it. Yeah. Like the, uh, you know, parent, especially if the parent is working. Yeah. You know, if the parent isn't working, maybe it's possible. But even then, you're asking a lot because you know there's a reason they send them to school. They don't have the they don't have the <laughs> skill to teach their child these academic lessons. They they they're certainly there to teach them 
you know, morality lessons and, and uh, you know, how to be a human being. Sure. But the academics, it requires, if it didn't require skill, then why would you have teachers that, that need degrees or go to school or, or learn from, you know? So that's what's happening right now. And I think there is this sort of, you know, all these things are just hitting. It's they're they're just colliding into each other, and it's just one big fucking mess right now. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, it'll correct itself. I was gonna say the the phrase that I use for for like twenty first century teachers is they're more of a facilitator of learning than a dispenser of knowledge. Or maybe I did I make that up or did I steal that from somebody? I don't know. You've been saying it so long, I just attribute yeah. it to you. So that's uh, the, uh... trademark. Trademark. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You're facilitating the learning process. Yeah. Trademark, trademark. You're facilitating the learning process. You're giving the materials, you're, you're, you're showing the skills, and then you, like you said, you're, you're giving feedback on things, you're pushing them, you're trying to get them, as opposed to standing in front of the room and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know, sit still and listen to me. I'm going to you know, fill the glass up with knowledge and, of your brain uh, and, and so, uh, that's kind of what we're in now too, with the, with the distance learning is we really got to facilitate now. You really have to fac facilitate it because just posting videos or talking to the computer for, for an hour or however long, it's just not going to cut it. One of the, uh, one of the things you talked about also is kind of the testing element too. And, uh, you know, and, um, one of our Japanese teachers teaching introductory Japanese, uh, my wife, um, she would normally... Uh, have them do the hiragana chart, fill it out, and then. Uh, but now she's switching to, she's going to give them words, okay. and they have to spell them in hiragana. So she'll write them in English, mm. and say, "Okay, write this in hiragana." So again, an application of what they would have learned by rote earlier. Right. And so that and and the odds of them again, they could probably still pull it off, but being able to cheat with, oh. I have to uh, gakko. How do I write gakko? Um, and versus cheating with the with the chart, the hiragana chart, a little bit harder. Just yeah. one one other level. You know, uh, this is oh, this is a long time ago, but mm. my sister Ichi, who was teaching Japanese at the time, uh, she got sick, and she goes, "Hey, you know, can you just sub three days here? I, I give you the assignments." Mm -hmm. Just make sure that they're good. And I said, sure, you know, whatever. And uh, I was already cleared by the school because I, I was doing uh, summer school teaching for yeah. computers. So it wasn't a big deal. They're like, okay, we already know, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're okay with the kids. So anyway, I go in there and, and um, I'm talking to the kids and trying to kind of gauge their um, understanding. And they know things. They know like elephant. Right. And they know how to say hippopotamus or whatever in Japanese. And I go, hey, um, you know, I got two days with you guys. I said, you guys want to, I mean, I've got a lesson plan here, but I'm going to I'm gonna just kind of tuck it away. Oh, the worst <laughs> sub, worst <laughs> sub ever. Anyway. Yeah. So I said, okay, uh, girls on one side, boys on the other. Because back then you could do girls and boys right. like that. Um, you know, you don't have to ask, like, uh, what do you, uh, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> How do you identify? How do you identify? Okay, so None of your business. Yeah, back then it was boys there, girls there. I said, okay, we're at the Globe nightclub, and you want to pick up that girl because she's hot, and you want to reject him in the most nicest of ways. Now, so world capitals, again, coming in handy. Yeah, I said, yeah, I said so you, you say you know Japanese, so let's, here you do it, and you cannot use English. Oosh. And I tell you, there was like, dead silence <laughs> like they didn't know what to do how to say it i said okay so now that we all understand you know nothing right sit down and let's do these lessons you know <laughs> and that's when i got control of the room because nice. they were like oh yeah we don't know shit you know, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not gonna run over this sub so then we did they did the uh, entire assignment and i was able to cram everything in uh, the two days worth in one day and then the next day i said okay uh, tomorrow we're going to do what we just did. So go home and like practice conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we see. And then so the next day we did it, and they had a blast. And then I bought everybody ice creams. <laughs> right? Bring it back! Bring it back! <laughs> <laughs> and then like Ichi gets back to back back to school, and then she, like I get this phone call from her. He goes, "What the <laughs> fuck did you do?" <laughs> I go. 
What? <laughs> I didn't do anything bad. You bought them all ice cream? <laughs> now they're looking at me like, Sensei, do you, are you going to buy ice cream too? But yeah, uh, I just, it, I, it, it reminded me of that story because it's, it's now it's like come full circle. Like that's sure. the kind of class you got to have to have. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. to back that up, uh, you know, German was a language I studied in right. high school and college, right? So my first trip to Germany, feeling uh, so cool, um, I come I land in the airport. I got to buy a train ticket to Vienna, right? Yeah. And uh, so I walk up to the counter and I say, Ich will nach Wien fahren. And the guy says, oh, Okay, uh, müssen Sie umsteigen auf Ulf. And yeah. I'm like, Ulm, sorry. And I said, I knew every Steigen that there was except Alpsteigen, yeah. uh, which has changed trains. Yeah. But <laughs> I knew I'm going to get on, get yeah. off. I knew all of the yeah. other Steigen. What's the Steigen? <laughs> yeah, no, what's, what's, uh, but then he looked at me in perfectly non-accented English and said, change trains. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I can do that. Did he say dumbass? <laughs> <laughs> so, I didn't, it, it was implied. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Tom, tell me, tell me what are some of the challenges you're facing, and and uh, kind of let me know what uh, what are the solutions ahead from purely from an IT perspective. Well, uh, there is a lot of planning and management involved, and and again, we we were lucky that we started off in a in a pretty good place for for at least for grades three through twelve. We had, you know, it's. it's if you're going into distance learning, like for, for DOE or any school or whoever is going to go into distance learning, you want to you want to have uh, what's what's called like your stack, your your go-to. Like this is going to be, we said Google Meet is going to be our video conferencing tool, G Suite for education, all those Google apps, those are going to be our. Uh, we're going to use it for email. We're going to use it for creating online documents. We have Google Classroom, which is our online you know learning management system. So we have like this is our our foundation. Everyone everyone needs to be able to use these things and uh, navigate in that in that uh, landscape. So we were pretty good with that for grades three through twelve. And then you get into other things. Well, the science teacher wants this, or the the Japanese teacher wants this service, or things like that. And then then it can get a little more you know, what I refer to as like wild west. It gets a little more. Um, you know, out there, it's it's easier when you have things more uniform. It's easier to help people. It's easier to give support to people, give parents uh, help so that they don't have like, because the parents have to learn all these things too. So if you throw like twelve new services out at them, then well, the parent, you know, for at least especially for the primary students, the, the parent needs to learn this stuff too. Uh, so yeah, having some knowing your limits, having a, having a nice foundation. And not getting too far into that, you know, like I call Wild West, is you're trying to like limit things, keep it, keep a focus, and and then just focus on your your method, your methodology of of what what are you doing? Are you? We're teaching kids to hopefully to be critical thinkers, problem solvers, how to navigate the good, uh, how to navigate the digital landscape, the digital literacy I was talking about before is. You know, knowing that if they're going to go on the internet, they look at this website for information. Well, can I trust this inf this uh, website, or is this like you know, is this reliable information? Use another source, or that kind of stuff. So, getting everybody with those skills and tuned up, and going back to those things that we were talking about, like creating things, collaborating with others, you're facilitating the whole process, as opposed to here's my 90-minute video about. Algiers. You guys are old enough to remember the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> and you remember Yoda, Master Yoda? Yes. He was a facilitator because he didn't he didn't spill knowledge on Luke Skywalker. He's like <laughs> and then I was like so he had to kind of guess at it and then years later we got uh, you know wax on wax, wax off. off. You know that, I mean that's probably like the two best iconic facilitator <laughs> instructors of all time because those two uh, characters, they, they never told their students exactly what they were learning, but they were learning it. Right. And then at some point they go, you know, they'll, they'll give them a grade A, like, Daniel-san, come here! And then he tries to punch him in the face, he goes, wax on! Wax <laughs> off! And then you know, Daniel's like, oh shit, I know shit, I know karate! <laughs> That's right. But then with Luke, you know, he, he, he got a big, you know, he got a big smack on the head, because he couldn't, he couldn't, like, raise the X-wing out of right. the swamp, and he goes, oh! Oh, I just can't. 
you know, it's impossible. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> yeah. I forget the exact thing, but he goes, that is why you fail, right? That's right. That is why you fail. <laughs> and then he walks away. And you do a great Yoda, by the way, I got to say. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's very entertaining at, at, at dinner time, you know. <laughs> I can do that in Barney. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think Tom hit, hit it right on the head. Mm-hmm. I think teachers have to transform to facilitators where they're really teaching through by not teaching. Yeah. You know, and I, I know, you know, I, I just love paradoxes like that. But, you know, it's and, and, and uh, that's going to be the new challenge. And, uh, you know, nobody has all the answers. Yeah. But certainly I think talking about it helps. Um, I'm wondering if uh, if and, you know, I, I always thought maybe somebody had already done it, but. If we put together, if I can get enough corporate sponsors to put together a sort of a symposium or something, kind of a, you know, East meets West, meaning uh, public versus private, and just get uh, hand-selected representatives of each school, uh, maybe a handful of them, into not just a virtual conference, but maybe even a, um, you know, when, when the uh, PCOR allows yeah. uh, a, a, in, in person. I wonder if uh, teachers will will come and, and sign up for that. So there's a uh, so I think that would be a, a a really good idea. The question is again, how many would come? Um, there is a conference that exists every year mm-hmm. called the Prel Conference, Pacific Resource Educational something. Um, oh, how appropriate! It's like <laughs> they're they're based out of Hawaii. Yeah. Um, and uh, next year Guam will be the host of it. Um, and it, it's like the Micronesian Games or the or the South Pacific Games in that it has a new host every year throughout right. the Pacific. Moves around. Um, and uh, next year, Guam will be hosting it. Um, and uh, if if the vacation options are anything like they are this year, right. there'll be a lot of teachers on, uh, around. One of the problems with attendance at this thing is that it's in June or July yeah. when most teachers are off at Disneyland or wherever, um, or working you know wherever they are right. working on further degrees or something. They but they are not here. Um, and the, uh, so it'd be interesting to see because before the pandemic happened, the feds were trying to put, uh, the, they were trying to encourage a lot of participation. So they were going to pay a lot of teachers fees to attend that conference. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that's still going to be the case. And I, I don't know, but that would be a good forum, but, um, it, it would be an, a good opportunity. Um, I think that the one thing to, that I, I think I should probably say now, um, in St. John's and in the public schools, there are a whole host of very good teachers. Right. The <clears throat> public schools do have, and, and we probably have one or two as well, um, who are not as interested in moving their skill set forward. Right. And I think you're going to find yeah, that in lots of places. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that I would say probably you have a larger percentage of that in the public school system than we do. But I, I do want to say that the, our Guam public schools, there are a very, uh, there's a very good number of very solid, good teachers trying to do the best they can, learning what they can, moving the whole thing forward. Um, and I think one of the issues is that those would be the people who would show up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas the others who are less interested yeah. in moving their they're skills. They're the ones that should be showing up, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're, eh, I don't need that. I already, you know, I, I, yeah. I know what I'm doing. But, you know, again, any type of opportunity that, like that would be good. I would also like just at this point say that, you know, Tom talked about the G Suite stuff that, that had been going on. Uh, thanks to his uh, ideas, we'd had that in school for, I don't know, five, six years, Tom, something like that. I don't know how long we'd had it in school. Uh, so those are things that we had in place already. Um, not that we anticipated the pandemic, right. <laughs> but, um, but those were things Would've that... Would have made a killing <laughs> if you did. Yeah, boom, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's... Uh, but, and again, in the same vein of my conversation, we had a variety of familiarity with mm-hmm. our teaching staff uh, with the Google Classroom experience. And you know, some were complete 100% adopters and some were resistors. Right. Um, but yeah. it was in place and easy to say, and say okay, now, and, and then... Again, we were able to back Tom up as the administration and say, no, Google Classroom will be the centerpiece. Right. That's what you will be doing now. And parents found that to be very, very helpful rather than trying to check um, 16 different places for what my assignments are, the Google Classroom became the centerpiece of it. Well, I'll tell you what, Tom, and uh, maybe we'll give you the last word as we wrap this session up. Um, there's a lot of wisdom in what you did because I, I will – I won't name schools because I don't want to put them in a spot where they have to defend themselves. But, but I have one of my kids going to one of the schools, and um, they're a great school. 
as long as it's not online. <laughs> you know, they're a great school as long as it's not online. And it drives me crazy because the homeroom of session is done on Skype. Then the afternoon session is done on Google Meet. And then the uh, after-school conversational class happens on Zoom. So I have to juggle the three, you know, ways to connect to the school. And then they use Classroom to post up things. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just, it's, it's pretty crazy. Even the, something as simple as the, uh, when you're posting the daily assignments, mm -hmm. uh, when you just say project one, you know, instead of naming the project, right? Like you know, <laughs> model rocket I mean, assignment. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That, it, just something as simple as that. It's like, okay, don't name it Project One. Name it what you're supposed to name it, so that we can find it easier. <laughs> you know, as parents, we're like, oh, what is that? <laughs> project One, Project Two. Click, click, click. Oh, we already did that. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And if any, if if anything can be shared. I think that could be like best practices, and I think that uh, you know, regardless of your affiliation—private, uh, public, parent, teacher—because uh, you know, I want to always say, you know, there's a lot of teachers who are parents too, you know, and so they're having a hard time with it on both ends, you know, and so having some of these best practices just put out there so that uh, some of these teachers can uh, sort of apply them, especially those that that are not tech savvy. I mean, I'm, be, I'm like, come on, can you just all agree on one, like, <laughs> one, one platform, one, one platform, platform, please, <laughs> Skype, Zoom, I don't care, you know, pick one. Uh, and then the other thing is, um, of course, like, how long, you know, is, is enough? I mean, I know, you know, how long is enough, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, we've shortened our classes, uh, you know, they were 80 minutes, and now we've not lopped 30 minutes off of the uh, middle school and high school, yeah. just because, yeah, I I don't want to have a kid captive in front of a computer screen for eight hours. And then, of course, there's going to be assignments after that, right? So now they're yeah. on for even longer. Um, and, and so that's one of the things that we're looking at. Um, last year, the AP exams adjusted their schedule and lopped off a whole bunch of the portion of the exam. Okay. Um, and so that kind of helped <clears throat> us um, a little bit. Um, this year, they've said they're not interested in shortening their exams, but mm. you know we'll see what the reality is. I mean, that's what they're saying in, now in August, and then see what happens when it, May rolls around. But uh, right. the uh, yeah, I mean, how long? And that's and how long can you keep a pre-K kid on a computer to learn right. stuff? How, right. I mean, how long can you do that? Um, so I think that's uh, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic question. It's going to vary by grade level. Um, and then, you know, what are the assignments beyond in addition mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, just the time spent? Tom, you got any thoughts on that? On, on which part exactly? <laughs> <laughs> Were you saying I wasn't linear in my thoughts? <laughs> Tom, that's a... no, you lost, sorry, you lost me on that. <laughs> just, just where do you think IT is going to end up being, you know, a saving grace or a pain in the ass for moving forward with this stuff? You know, where do you see the advantages of... Uh, maybe even a hybrid school system where, like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you do online, and then Tuesday and Thursday you come in, you know. Uh, or maybe I, I suggested this to some of the schools that my kids go to. I go, instead of doing, like, all, you know, Monday through Friday, why don't you just do, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday f for certain ages and then, or, you know, whatever it is, so that so that the teachers are, you know, can spend more time with, individual students rather than having to spread themselves out so thin to like 50 60 students um, you know and giving them barely enough time sure. how do you see technology like constantly evolving I mean I'm pretty sure they're not s sitting still I mean there's a lot of tech companies that are looking at this going yes this is our calling finally you know this is this is the time to shine wait what are you seeing out there well it's it's uh, it's it's hard. It's hard to. You know, uh, there are a lot of things where we we started doing, uh, we started going down a path, and I'd say, okay, we need to do this, and then a few weeks later, I think, oh no, wait, that was wrong. We shouldn't do it. We, okay, Plan B. We're going to Plan B. So it's hard to say like there's one solution. We, we you really have to like read what's going on and and uh, adjust to it to be flexible of of uh, what's possible and what's not. You got to look at what your assets are and what your limitations are and and then have three plans to address that 
because the first two will probably go bad and then you have to go to the third plant eventually. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, I've never been through a pandemic before. This is not easy. And, and technology isn't just going to be the, the uh, end all solution for everything. It's just, we're in a tough time. And uh, like I think you said before, like everyone's got to realize like, this is not easy. This is tough. And we're just going to have to try to work through it. There was a, uh, uh, Sir Ken Robinson passed away last week. I think it was last week. If you haven't heard, Sir Kenneth, Kenneth Robinson is a guy from England. You may have seen some of his TED Talks. He's a very popular TED Talk guy. And if you went, ever went to any of my, uh, any times I've done presentations, a lot of times I'd show a Sir Ken Robinson video because he's very entertaining. And and, you know, he really would go into like education and what's important and like, what are we doing? Like, why are we just pushing kids through this mold of school? And you know, what, what are, what's this really all about? What's the most important thing? What do we need to, what do we need to like be doing right now? And so to try to go through, well, this is how we always did it. This is what we did last year, or this is how I, this is how I teach, you know, fill in the blank. This is how I teach history. Like we need to do this now. No, you don't, you don't have to. Well, we always, this is the worksheet that I give them. It doesn't have to be. You could do something else. So don't be so, you know, I would say tell people like, it's not a fixed thing. You don't have to do things the way you did before. You may not be able to. It's just some things will not translate digitally or maybe you just, maybe you shouldn't have been doing it before anyways. But, <laughs> but we don't have to do the things the same way. There isn't just one way to do things. Uh, different people, may work better with certain things. We're not all, and that's the other part of this too. Like, don't give me, that's a whole new podcast is, look, the kids are not all the same. We, that's, that's the thing. When I push something through the computer, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm doing things like to one audience. We, I don't have that opportunity to walk around and spend more time with one kid on the computer than the other kids, you know, outside, outside of the class time. Um, so it's not easy. It's not easy. We're just going to have to do the best we can until this, uh, this whole thing goes away. Well, with that, I agree with you 100%. It's not easy, and, you know, it's, 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 we're at a point in time where teachers are learning again and uh, learning a new way to do their, you know, ages-old profession. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting times, to say the least. And like you say, Tom, technology can only deliver the uh, message um, but the message maybe have to be re reimagined, re uh, re-engineered to be more effective in in this sort of you know non-touch, non-human uh, process. And so I want to thank you both for spending your Labor Day uh, holiday with us. Um, I hope it was a good time. We'll we'll probably uh, circle back maybe in a few months to see if. Shit's still the same. Or... <laughs> well, we'll be here likely. We're not going anywhere. Yeah, or if it's improved. But, you know, I know you guys are working very hard out there to teach the kids. And uh, as, as are all the teachers out there uh, that's listening in, good luck. Stay, uh, stay optimistic. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to enjoy a beverage after work. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it does wonders to your soul. <laughs> Thanks for having us, guys. Good time. All right. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. All right. That's it. That's all she wrote. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Now I get the grade. Yay. You guys take care. Let's talk. <laughs>